with Aaron, Polly, and Wayne. I'm Aaron. This is Paul. And this is Wayne. And you can tell by the introduction that we are still not ready to deliver on the promise of Aberrant April. It's going to be Malicious May or something. <laughs> <laughs> Maniacal I think it's Malignant May. May. I'm sorry? <laughs> I think it's Malignant May. <laughs> malignant May. <laughs> That's okay. There's a lot to discuss regardless of of uh, of our Aberrant April discussion. That's true. Yeah, That's we'll true. eventually get to uh, John June. well what were you saying i was just saying that i like it yeah i like it we're just gonna have to keep coming up with them yeah um so nauseous november (laughs) nauseous november dicked over december (laughs) (laughs) looking at you andrew looking at you (laughs) so apparent table may be a 2024 thing just putting it there Maybe we'll record it first week of March next year just to be safe. Maybe we'll record it in February and just release it in March just to be safe. But, you know, so as we record this, Star Wars Celebration is happening in London. Um, I've got a little bit of FOMO. You know, I've, I've, I've been attending Star Wars Celebration for, for a number of years now. Really enjoy it. But, you know, just didn't feel like I was it was worth going out to London Um for the event because I, I went to the one in California last year. But before we get into Star Wars Celebration news, I wanted to discuss the most important news of the week. There's important news this week. There is Are important you ready? News. Are you ready? I'm I'm ready. Okay, let's go. The most important news of this week is that starting next week, next Friday, gentlemen, yep. on Peacock, Cocaine Bear will be available for Ah, uh, uh, I cannot wait. I'm going to have to subscribe to Peacock now. I mean, it's $5 versus paying $20 to rent it. Mm. So it's worth it. Yeah. Paul and keeps I, trying to make Peacock a thing. And now, damn it. Cocaine oh, Bear drew you in. I actually subscribed to Peacock. I think it was last weekend. Cause <laughs> I, fa- I found, timing. Yeah, because I found out that uh, WrestleMania streams on there. Yeah. So included. it was a temporary subscription. But now they're going to keep me until at least after I watch Cocaine Bear. Right. Now, do they also have Winnie the Pooh, Blood and Honey? Because I need that as a double feature, Paul. I don't believe so, but they do have the new Shyamalan film on there. I know that's not the same. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I know that's nowhere near as. That, that is a bait and switch, if you will. Yeah. <laughs> they have yeah. Megan. They have the new Puss in Boots movie. Did you ever see that one? Uh, no. That was quite good. I didn't see the old Puss in Boots movie either. That they have all the or John anything with a p- puss in boots, I, I should say. <laughs> I have not seen anything with a puss in a boot. Boots. Well, I mean, I've seen lots of things with puss. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> well, Aaron, if you subscribe now, you can watch Puss in Boots, The Last Wish, or you can just watch The Masters. There's a bunch of stuff. I will say a Peacock out of all of them probably feels like the most bang for your buck because it's also the cheapest. Well, I mean, I do like a lot of bang with my puss, so. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> uh, you know, I I was a Peacock subscriber for a hot minute for like the free trial period. Mm-hmm. And at that, that was very early on in the Peacock launch where they were really leveraging, hey, we've got friends. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, and I was like, mm, yeah, this isn't for me. Uh, yeah, it was. So. Uh, I was a subscriber early because my wife is a huge fan of the TV show Psych. Uh-huh. And they made made psych movies that were never released on TV and put it on there. So we subscribed so she could watch all the psych stuff. 
See, I watch. I have, it has Premier League on it, so that's why I subscribe. But it, I mean, I, I will say it's it's pretty solid. It's got some good stuff. Um, I'm gonna guess that Premier League is a soccer ball thing. Correct. Okay. Premier League is soccer. Soccer ball. Soccer ball. It also has Ghost Rider: Spirit of, Spirits of Vengeance, the sequel. With why? Why? Why would anyone want to see that? Ball? <laughs> <laughs> just just in case that's a selling point for you. Uh-huh. <laughs> but. All right, so cocaine bear next week. Well, we we will talk. I mean, we probably we will talk about it soon on your friendly yeah. funny books. I'm excited. Yeah, I, I I'm really eager to see cocaine bear. I really. Am. <laughs> Me too, but not but I'm not willing to pay twenty dollars for a rental. same same. Yeah. I you know it's going to stream and I'll watch it in a streaming fashion. So yeah. Oh, that so, is important news, Paul. That yeah, is, I, 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 you know, truth and branding important news. Well, you know, before we get into the actual stars, I'm I'm just going to keep moving the cheese like mm. I'm uh, as you do. Like, like I'm an episode of Star Trek Picard. Uh-huh. Um, and I figured before we talk about Star Trek cele- Star Wars Celebration, woo! <laughs> <laughs> um, Star Wars Celebration, um, we, you know, I finally, so I, I did a thing, and I can talk about it because she's not here and she doesn't listen to the podcast. Oh dear. I, I got caught up on Mandalorian without Jen. Oh no! Yeah, because waiting on Jen, I was four episodes behind. Not waiting wow. on Jen, I got caught up in one day. <laughs> now you get to pretend that you haven't seen it when she's around. Yeah, wow. exactly. I mean, you know, at a at a at a at a at a very minimum, Paul, you're facing couples counseling. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know what? When we finally do watch it, she'll it, it'll be fine. It'll be fine. It'll be fine. It'll be fine. <laughs> I was just like, I can't be five up because, you know, we're coming up on the final two. Yeah. And I think we'd only seen the first two. I'm like, I cannot be five episodes behind on a Star Wars show. I can't. I just can't. Um, so I got caught up. I got caught up yesterday. I saw the uh, the Jack Black and Lizzo and what Christopher Lloyd episode that, I, that I, last week that is so divisive. I cannot bear the stunt casting on that episode. Yeah, it was, I was you know, for what it's worth. Outside of the stunt casting, I didn't hate the episode. No, same. I mean, I like the episode. I just could not. You know, seeing Jack Black there and then Lizzo just really took me out of uh, of the episode. And I got to say, I liked Christopher Lloyd in his role, but Jack Black completely pulled me out. Lizzo didn't because I have no idea who that is. I, I actually like had to I Google the name. Lizzo, I probably wouldn't have cared, but yeah, you know. I had to Google the name because I have never heard that name before. But Jack Black is Jack Black, and he's so Jack Black, and everything yeah. now. And I'm just like, Ugh. see, I like my guest stars in in Star Wars, uh, you know, like they like they did in the movies where they're just the voice of a stormtrooper. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. And before this episode, they've done a great job with stunt yeah. casting from other Star Wars properties. Mm-hmm. Like throughout the series, we've had quite a few characters show up that are actors from other Star Wars properties, but in new roles. And that's been done really well until Jack Black. Yeah, it, it was just it, a bit much, right? It was yeah. it was it was once, you know, I, I'm fine with cameos. I'm fine with voice cameos. It just this was a if it was one, if it was just Christopher Lloyd, even if it was just Jack Black, it probably would have been fine. It was the fact that there were three of them. My problem with Jack. Of time. My problem with Jack Black and anything that he's in is that he's Jack Black. Yeah. Right. I mean, he doesn't really act. He just does his Jack Blackness. Yeah. And yeah. that's what I mean. I feel like I would have enjoyed him as like a droid. 
Um, oh, yeah, absolutely. It, but I, him being just Jack Black on the screen with his weird beard, I was just like, God, you know, this yeah. is not the flavor of this series. I think they they really they really effed that one up, to be perfectly I, honest. I needed to not see his face. Yeah. 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 That's how, I mean, that's how I usually feel about Jack Black. That's that's why my favorite Jack Black <laughs> films are like Kung Fu Panda. I'm like, oh, I love Kung Fu Panda, but it's because I don't see his face. See, uh, I, I think the only thing that I really enjoy Jack Black in is Tenacious D. I think that's about the only thing that I enjoy him in. Uh, Kung Fu Panda. Kung Fu Panda is where it's at. He was also I, pretty solid in Super Mario Brothers, which I saw have seen <laughs> neither of those. <laughs> it was a very Jack Black week for me between Super Mario Brothers and, uh, and Mandalorian. Yeah. Bowser in Bowser. uh yeah. Yeah, he plays Bowser. Yeah, have not seen it. Yeah, will not cute. see it. You can't make me see it. Maybe see it when it comes on Peacock. Yeah, I will not see it. <laughs> <laughs> it, it was good. Um yeah, so I mean I, I for what it's worth, I, I I enjoyed the episode. I do think this season has been um you know, now that I'm caught up, I can talk about talk about it pretty openly. The fact that um Katie Sackhoff mm-hmm. plays Bo Katan and is uh, you know, in her her ability to, I don't want to say her ability, but the fact that she's actually on set uh-huh. so that they can, you know, write sequences where she takes her mask off and you see her face and see her emotion uh-huh. for me makes it so much more prevalent, <laughs> you know, that, that Pedro Pascal is not there. Right. right. Yeah. Like there's a scene in not this, this week's episode, but the prior week's episode where all the Mandalorians are, are, are basically about to eat dinner. And she's like, how do you guys eat without taking your masks off? And, you know, um, Din Djarin goes, we just all walk off and take, you know, and, and eat alone and then come right. back when we're done. And, you know, Din Djarin is, in theory, the main character of the show, but they don't follow him. Right. They, they watch her. Up. Yeah. And yeah. that that, one, that scene specifically, I was like, OK, you know, this is what happens. Well, there's a lot of discussion That's online. She's never there. And there's a lot of discussion online that perhaps the focus of the show will shift you know, to Bo-Katan and that she is the actual Mandalorian that the, uh, that the show follows. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and I can see that given that, you know, Pedro Pascal is doing what he's doing, you know? Yeah. I mean, I, I, I think that's a shame. I, I mean, I, I, I really like Pedro Pascal. I just wish that he'd, you know, be a little bit more generous with his time on this show. I have a completely different theory about who the Mandalorian of the Mandalorian is. Uh-huh. I think it's Grogu. Grogu is a foundling getting his armor. I love how Grogu's little armor thing, like the the armor, makes him a little metal and it hangs from his neck like he's Flava Flav. <laughs> like it takes up his entire torso. <laughs> yeah. You couldn't yeah. be right. I mean, you know, here's the thing. Obviously, the show continues to evolve um, in this season and, and has definitely focused as much on Bo-Katan and in some ways even more than it has on Din Djarin. And Grogu, and I and I think some fans are are pretty up in arms about that. But for what it's worth, you know, I get it, and I don't mind it. Um, I find the Bogatan like, story really interesting. I do too, and I feel like yeah. the Din Jar and Grogu specific storyline kind of came to its logical conclusion in Boba Fett, uh-huh. and now we're just kind of getting extra fun adventures. Yeah, but you and know, I'm it's, still really annoyed that that happened in Boba Fett and not in the Mandalorian. <laughs> <laughs> you know, there is a. Uh, a real sort of formula to the show that, you know, uh, Din Djarin, you know, needs some help doing something. He needs a thing, but in order to get the thing, he's got to help somebody route out some villain or problem. And then, you know, he gets the thing. 
And I, I was just really amused in this last episode that it was so, you know, they land on the planet to go talk to the man, to, to the, uh, you know, uh, splinter Mandalorians. And, but before you do that, you've got to route these evil droids. And I'm like, Oh my God. I mean, it is, they don't even shy away from the formula anymore. It is. They just lean right into it. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I loved the scene in the droid bar, the seeing all the droids you have, uh, Din has his obvious hatred of droids that comes right. out and the droids are basically trying to uh, like they're written in a way to try to say, no, droids aren't slaves. I really wanted when they walked into the bar that the bartender, the, the droid bartender to say, we don't serve your kind here. I mean, yeah. I was waiting for it. Come on. Come on get, truth, but they didn't think give, it yeah. give it to me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but they didn't. They didn't. They didn't. But I did. I, you know, I did enjoy the uh, droid bar scene. I did, too. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I, and of course, I enjoyed in the previous episode the appearance of Zebarelios. And I think we talked about it last yeah. week when we recorded. I, I didn't watch the episode until now, but yeah. it was great seeing Zeb. Oh, and, very, uh, very well done, you know, CGI for him. I was just like, this is really nice. I, I think they did it super well, and I would love to see more of him. Agree. Yeah. Well, you I'm probably will. Yeah, I'm hoping he shows up in uh, Ahsoka, because with that Ahsoka trailer that dropped this week, we've seen live action of just about everyone from Rebels now. We have, other than um, Kanan, who died. Yeah, uh, Spoilers. I mean, <laughs> he died in Star Wars Rebels. Um, so, yeah, so now Star Wars Celebration news, you know. So, obviously, we have the first full-length wait, trailer. Wait, wait, wait. Now, Star Wars Celebration is uh, starting off, is being held in London. London, yes. Paul, how might, how might they have opened up that show? Well, they opened it with a Lucasfilm Studio showcase. And But how would they have opened it up? When they walked out on stage, how would they have opened that up, Paul? Welcome to Star Wars Celebration. Uh, Paul. What, what 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 am I not getting? In your in your British voice, how would they have opened up the show? <laughs> Cheers. There you go. Well, Thank Star you. Wars Celebration. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I was like, wait, I'm not I'm not taking the bait. I don't know what's I'm happening. I'm not getting it. I'm not getting it. <laughs> getting it. Um so you know, um so at that Lucas, so they started with the Lucasfilm Studio Showcase, and really it was called that just because they showed the new trailer for Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny, which uh, looks pr- pretty great. Looks like a you know looks like a good solid Indiana Jones film. Is that direct- like the Dial Soap of Destiny? Is that what it is? Is it some absolutely? Sort of- yeah, it, it is a a fifty year old soap that Indy oh. Jones is <laughs> protecting. Got it. Yeah, it it is Star Wars saying we did Aliens, so now we need to do time travel to up the ante. Yeah, definitely. It definitely looks like there's some time travel components in this Indiana Jones movie um, directed by James Mangold, who um, directed. I feel like I should know who he is. He directed Logan. He directed Ford versus Ferrari. Um, okay, I saw Logan, but I didn't see Ford versus yes. Ferrari. And, and now he's directing, um, you know, uh, Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny. Also, um, upcoming on his plate, he has a Bob Dylan movie, Bob Dylan like bi- biopic. Um, and sometime after I, that, is there going to be anybody alive to want to see that? <laughs> I don't think so. I mean, I mean, that is that is aimed at a whole. I mean, well, it's they got Timothy Chalamet, so all the 15 year olds will want to uh, see it. Okay, all right. Um, but you know, after that, he, it's a toss up between two projects for James Mangold that he is attached to write and direct. One is Swamp Thing, 
for yeah. for the new DCU and James Gunn. The other, which was announced at Star Wars Celebration, is that he will be doing a film based on the dawn of the Jedi. You know, the first Jedi um, would also be written and directed by James Mangold. Which so is like a thousand years prior to the Skywalker saga. Like thirty five thousand years, like oh, yeah, wow. certainly a long time before, yeah. even before the old republic. Huh. In fact, you know, during Star Wars Celebration, they revealed that they revealed this this timeline, right? And so we've seen the the, the timeline before. Um, so we've seen like um, the, the the current timeline that we're aware of in, in Star Wars lore is the old republic, right? That the video games and stuff like that. The High Republic, which is kind of the prequel trilogy. The fall of the Jedi, which is the Clone Wars till, you know, the Jedi fall rise or excuse me, reign of the Empire. So that goes through, you know, your episode four, um, the Age of Rebellion, which is episode four through episode six, the New Republic, which is basically, you know, what we're seeing in Mandalorian and then the rise of the First Order, which is, you know, the sequel trilogy. Well, during Star Wars Celebration, they expanded that timeline. So before the Old Republic, we have the dawn of the Jedi which is where James Mangold will be setting his movie. And after the rise of the First Order, um, you know, the, the sequel trilogy, we now have the new Jedi Order. Um, and they have they announced that a new movie would be coming set 15 years after the events of The Rise of Skywalker. It will be directed by Charmaine Obaid Shinoy. Um, and I guess she directed the Miss Marvel TV series. Um, and it will feature Daisy Ridley returning as Rey Skywalker, training the next generation of Jedi. That seems premature. <laughs> <laughs> well, she's had 15 years, so she, uh, she's ready. Uh, so, I, those, I'm those, excited to see Daisy Ridley return. I'd just like to see Daisy Ridley actually have an adventure that wasn't steeped in, in you know, all the uh, baggage from the earlier uh, yeah. trilogy. Right. I mean, I'd like to see her go off and do her own thing and then maybe, you know raise some pups i um i have not seen miss marvel right so i don't i can't speak to the director i'm a little underwhelmed by that choice of director just because Mm -hmm. it's someone i'm not familiar with right like james mangold i've heard of Mm -hmm. and i'm going to talk about a third movie that was announced here in a second um i thought she did a good job i i I thought that the i don't i thought the direction on miss marvel was good okay um in the tv series i you know i i I really enjoyed it um you know there was i think it was the first episode that i felt like it was aimed a little young but then it it uh grew on me from the second episode forward um i thought the action sequences were great on a tv budget uh so it should be interesting to see what she does in a star wars movie and she did some interesting things that we haven't seen before on tv yeah well so that that was announced like you, Aaron, I'm very excited to see Daisy Ridley return and mm-hmm. the continuation of that character. And hopefully, hopefully the movie is, you know, has learned from from some of the mistakes of the pre- sequel trilogy and and will be a little bit more connecting with fans. But three movies were actually announced at Star Wars Celebration. The third one, which is set during the New Republic era, this is going to be directed by Dave Filoni and will be yeah. a culmination of the storylines um, from Mandalorian and Ahsoka and I, I believe also Skeleton Crew. And given the hints in Mandalorian as to Grand Admiral Thrawn, we saw Grand Admiral Thrawn in the Ahsoka trailer, and it was revealed that Lars Mikkelsen will be returning to play him in live action. Um I I kind of feel I'm gonna say this, I kind of feel like we're gonna see some variation of Heir to the Empire. 
I think that's super exciting. That will be the the big movie that Filoni's directing. And you yeah. know, I just can't imagine that it's not wonderful with Dave Filoni at the at the helm. I mean, I really, I, I, yeah, he's I a hope I'm, choice. Yeah, I, I just I, that just sounds awesome to me. Yeah, and I mean, they outright used the phrase "heir to the Empire" right. in the trailer, in the Ahsoka trailer, right? Like, you, you don't do that callously. Yeah. They they know what they're doing. Um, and I was know, the, so excited by this trailer as a Rebels mm-hmm. fan because I'm just watching it and it's like. Okay, there's Hera, there's Sabine, there's Chopper. I was way too excited to see Chopper in live action. (laughs) And uh, there's a little hologram of Ezra at one point. Yep. So, I mean, it's it's super exciting, Um, you know, what's what's coming in the movie space. They also talked a little bit about TV shows. Uh, Obviously, they talked about how they said the next few episodes of Mandalorian would be kind of a culmination or a resolution to the storylines from the series thus far. Which I'm assuming is probably the taking back of Mandalore and the Bo-Katan and the Darksaber and um, the Grand Moff Gideon and stuff like that. So I I think we'll see a lot happen in these next two episodes of Mandalorian. Um, They also showed the first trailer, even though it was not released online, of The Acolyte, which is set during the High Republic era, um, kind of focusing on on villainous characters. And that one looks pretty interesting. It's got... um, What's the time frame for Acolyte? It's, I believe, right around the time of the prequel trilogy, if not right before. Okay. Um, and it has Carrie Ann Moss in it. Mm. And, uh, you know, a bunch of other characters as Jedi Knights. You have a Jedi Wookiee, apparently. Um, so it, it, it looks, it, it sounds interesting. And uh, they also announced that Andor would be wrapping up filming here uh, soon and will arrive in August 2024. I, you know... I, I loved me some Andor. I can't wait to see season two. Yeah, same here. That was yeah. that was such. A, I was that was unexpectedly great. Yeah, yeah. And I, you know, I I keep meaning to do this, but I feel like it's going to pair very well with a with a an overall watch with Rogue One, right? Mm-hmm. You know, to be able to like watch season one, watch season two, Rogue One. I mean, I just I, I love how all of that might feed together because I'm I, uh, I I Rogue One is such a fantastic movie. Uh, just can't wait for that. And I got to say, I'm excited about new Star Wars movies. I you am, know, too. I, you know, I, I mean, here's the thing. We'll see what happens. I have a pretty low confidence of that James Mangold one happening. Why um, do you say that? Just because he's so busy. Mm. He's already attached to two more movies to write and direct two more movies before that. Mm. Um, you know, and if Indy Jones bombs... Yeah, pretty sure he, James he can, Yeah, it's kind of yeah. like Wonder Woman and, pa- and uh, Patty Jenkins and that uh-huh. Rogue Squadron movie. Yeah, like, and I, next I thing you know, you're in you're in movie prison. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But I, I feel very confident in the Dave Filoni movie and the Ray movie happening. Yeah, um, yeah. That that's the the James Mangold one is the one I have a, a relatively low confidence of the three. I you know, and I'm still I'm still there for. I I know this movie did not do what they had hoped that it would do. Uh, but I really have warmed up to to the guy who played Han Solo uh, oh, yeah. in the in the uh, Han Solo movie. Um, I, I would love to see more of that. And I would really like to see more of Lando Calrissian. Um, you know, I, I, I feel like those are those are two characters and actors who play them that uh, would be a lot more fun to see either on film or uh, TV show. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I will say the actor that played him did a good job. Despite the fact that was a terrible movie, you know, I think there's a, there, there are some fun components of that movie. Um, I don't 
you know, it is not by any stretch of the imagination the worst Star Wars film. Uh, <laughs> there, there are at least three other Star Wars movies that I dislike lots more than Han Solo. Oh, for me, it's the one I dislike the most. I will never rewatch it. Wow. Yeah, I've, watched, I've rewatched it a couple of times now. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't mind it at all. But, I mean, yeah, I'm, I'm very excited about what's coming. And, yeah. you know, I, I think – but, you know, what's funny is there was zero mention of the Taika Waititi movie. Oh, um, really? Yeah, zero mention. So we'll see if that's – That's telling. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. After Thor yeah. Love and Thunder, you know, kind of underperformed, I'm, I'm very curious if that has anything to do with it. I or act, they just actually, don't have anything to share. I have to say that I am a bit surprised that the the streaming content is as rich as it is, given how all of the streamers are pulling back on original content. Yeah. Uh, so think, I'm like, ooh, you know, they're they're still pushing forward with a lot of their properties. I wonder what Disney Plus is about to cut on the Marvel side. Um, if they're if they're continuing to push forward with Star Wars, that means they're probably going to pull back somewhere else. And that 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 says MCU to me. And I think they are. I think they've already said they're pulling back a little bit on the MCU stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, some of the previously announced projects um, that, that are coming from the MCU. And as far as the Star Wars stuff, I mean, all of it was already in production mm-hmm. from a from the Disney Plus standpoint. Like Acolyte was already filming, if not done filming. Ahsoka, same you know, Ahsoka's been filming since last year's Star Wars Celebration, so that's that's a year, and if not, and they may be done filming too. Um, you know, Mandalorian clearly was done filming. So, I mean, I think most of these things were either already, you know, the ship was out of the gate, or they were pretty much done filming anyway. But yeah. they didn't announce any new shows. I will say that. Like, it's not like they announced anything that wasn't already far into In, production. Well, with the exception of the movies, but of course that's not streaming content. Yeah. So... Yeah, good point. Good point. Well, anything else from uh, Star Wars Celebration, Paul? No, not at the moment. You know, that was day one. Day two is actively happening right now because they're five hours ahead of us. I don't think there's going to be a ton more news throughout the weekend, maybe some comic news, some toy news, that kind of thing. But I think the the major movie and TV news has already come out of the celebration. Very good. Well, I guess that there's nothing for it then but to talk about comic books. Well, and we were very excited, speaking of excitement, to talk about this week's first issue from Marvel Comics of Planet of the Apes. At Marvel Comics, a Disney property. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so this is by David Walker and Dave Wachter, um, who are the writer and artist on this new iteration of the Planet of the Apes comics, which, to my knowledge, does not take into account any of the previous um, comic book iterations. It's kind of its own thing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, yeah. you know, you, you, I'm, I'm, go ahead, Wayne. I would say it is definitely its own thing from a, you know, I approached it wondering what continuity it was going to be in because I didn't know. And as I start to read it, I realized that, well, it's not the original movie continuity. It's not actually the new movies, though it is very heavily based on that continuity. But it's going off and doing its own thing right away. Yeah, I wondered the same, right? Because the character, the the apes, as they're illustrated in here, seem very similar to the apes we saw in the you know the, this rebooted trilogy, but the storyline's different. You know, the, they're they're kind of going through unless this is filling in gaps that we have not seen before in the storyline. Yeah, that's what I feel like it's doing. I feel like it's okay. living in the space between those first two movies. Okay. Um, but you know, you know. We we don't get any James Franco in this book. I don't I don't know what the hell 
you know. But, <laughs> but I got to tell you, I liked this book a lot. Um, I I like the way it's telling the story. You know, it's it's giving you a little bit more information about how the virus spread. It ties real tightly into the end of the first movie. In fact, you get to see a couple of scenes from the battle on the Golden Gate Bridge. Um, but you, you have this group of humans who are protecting the apes because, you know, very much like our own recent pandemic, uh, the, the science around how it was caused uh, is, or the story around how the virus was caused is muddled and people are blaming it on the apes and it wasn't the apes who who caused the virus it was this man-made vaccine to cure alzheimer's that mutate mutated and caused this virus that, that was you know killing off people so you know it's it's kind of like you know it was it was created in a lab and it was released and yada yada and so you know there's there's this whole hysteria around it and we're going to blame parties who aren't necessarily responsible and you know you've got this this you know uh, you know military group that's going around killing off all the apes and so you know, you've got humans who are trying to protect the apes not just because you know you want to keep these creatures from becoming extinct but because they think that their immunity to this man-made virus uh, may be the secret to curing mankind. And I just, I, I really like how they're, you know, it's it's like good humans versus bad humans, you know, and the apes caught in between. And I just, I really, really very much enjoyed this story. I'm, I'm excited to see what else is coming. And the <clears throat> that's just the narrative. The uh, visual storytelling, I think, is fantastic in this book. Yeah. Uh, the book does something I usually don't like, but I didn't mind as much here, and that's the jumping around in timelines. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was it does, a little confusing. Yeah, yeah, it is a little confusing, but it didn't bother me as much as it does elsewhere. I don't know why it didn't bother me as much, but there is a lot of jumping between years, and part of that is showing the little girl growing up to be the character that is protecting them and why and I really enjoyed the book. I agree. Mm-hmm. The visual storytelling is great. I think the uh, sign language for the apes, I love how it mm-hmm. like zooms in on the hands to do- show it. Yep. Yeah, it's very thoughtful. And you, the what I, what I also love is that, you know, the apes communicate to, uh, and I forget the, the character's name, you know, they're communicating via sign language. And, you know, one of the other, you know, uh, humans is like, you're talking to them with sign language. Goes, yeah, you know, they, they can communicate through sign language. But he doesn't get that the apes also understand what we say. Right. And I'm like, yeah, that's going to come back and bite you in the ass. <laughs> you know, because the, the, the apes are, are can hear them just fine. They just haven't learned to vocalize themselves. So I, uh, I, I I'm digging the book. Paul, did you? Yeah, you know, I thought it was okay. Uh, you know, I, 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 I was, oh, here I was, comes <laughs> Paul with his giant wet blanket. No, no, I thought the art was fantastic. I think the thing I didn't care about it was the, well, I, you know, I thought the visual storytelling was great. I did not the the out of order or the reverse order. Yeah. Um, the jumping around and the time. jumping around in time yeah. didn't really work for me. Um, you know, I, I think that stuff tends to get a little confusing. Um, especially because it's like, here's 2011, here's 2015, here's 2014, here's 2015 again, 
here's 2012. It's like, okay. Like I, and I appreciate that there was, you know, cues for it, but I, you know, I don't, when I was like, okay, we're going in reverse order and I understand the, the context of what it did. And sometimes, honestly, sometimes even in a movie, I don't mm-hmm. love that. You know, I, yeah. I like do your flat. I don't like flashbacks within flashbacks. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, and I, and I reverse order flashbacks. I understand it's a storytelling device, but you know, you, you kind of lose a little bit of, of current um, time momentum. I, I find when that happens, but that being said, I mean, the art was, was really great. I, I it very much has the feel of the current planet of the apes movies, which I, I freaking adore. Um, so I, I will, I will definitely give it another shot. It feels like something to me that will be best read in trade. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cause it's like a five issue miniseries. Yeah. Oh, is it a five issue miniseries? Yeah, there, one of five. There yeah. is a sequence of pages that really worked for me, and it is a flashback to our main character sitting in a clinic with her little sister in her arms, uh, and her little sister clutching a a little uh, you know plush monkey. Uh, and you know they're they're not getting served. You know the resources are stretched in this clinic, and then it cuts to you know you, you see her in, in in the panel with her with her little sister in her arms. And then it cuts to another panel and she's just got kind of got this faraway look in her eyes and there's no little sister in her arms and her little sister's plush uh, chimp is just laying there on the floor of the clinic. And we cut back and we see she's still sitting amongst the crowd in the clinic and her little sister is gone. And, you know, that 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 means that little sister didn't make it. Uh, and I just I, I think that those two pages are just heartbreaking. Mm-hmm. They are. And I will say I agree three with Paul. pages, I should say. Yeah, I yeah. do. I will say I agree with Paul. The uh, jumpy around in time is annoying. Yes. It didn't bother me nearly like it does frequently. Mm-hmm. And that's probably because my Planet of the Apes fanboyishness yeah. is allowing me to not hate it. Yeah, because that is the kind of thing that normally just sets me off in a book. I dislike yeah. that type of storytelling. Well, I don't like to struggle with understanding what the hell's going on. Yeah. Right. And I mean, that's what I and I found that frustrating in the read. But I did the there are certain pages in this book that just work so well for me. And, you know, that scene where she loses her sister is just just ter- terrifically emotive. Um, and I I. It really sold me on the book. I mean, the book's got a lot of heart in it, um, and I can't wait to see where it goes. And it does make me want to go back and watch those movies, you know. And I'm like, where do those stream? Is that on Hulu? Is that on Disney Plus? I, I bet you it's on see. Peacock. No, it's probably Fuck not. You. It's probably Fuck you, Paul. <laughs> Fuck you and your Peacock mouth, Paul. <laughs> it is probably Hulu because it's a Disney thing, like you said. Right. <laughs> if it's on Peacock, I'm gonna laugh. <laughs> <sighs> Good times. Uh huh. So another uh, book that came out this week that all three of us read, I believe, mm-hmm. is Adventures of Superman. Yes. And uh, this is Adventures of Superman, Dawn of DC, Adventures of Superman, John Kent, issue number two. And midweek, I sent a note that said something like, "By the way." Dawn of DC Adventures of Superman, John Kent, issue number two. Pretty awesome. And then Paul sent a note that said something like, Aaron couldn't be more right. (laughs) I think I just said, I agree with Aaron. (laughs) I think that you said Aaron is the voice of our age. (laughs) (laughs) It doesn't feel like something I'd say. Yeah. And while Paul was all drooling over himself to sing your praises, I just said, same. 
<laughs> so Paul you know, is my loyal apostle. <laughs> so I, I I loved this issue. Loved, loved, loved this issue. I will say one of the things that, that struck me about this issue, as I'm watching John Kent do battle with Ultraman, and if if it hit me, this book really feels like Invincible, like early Invincible to me. Right. Without the gore. And I was like, I kind of miss the gore. I kind of want to see blood flying out of people's mouths and, you know, the faces crunching with the with the punches. But, you know, they, we didn't have that. We, we did have someone's neck snapped at the end of the issue, though. So that was that was that was well, pretty violent. And, you know, we did see, uh, you know, uh, Uberman, you know, fly through and chop in half or into multiple pieces. Robot Lois. That's true. That's true. Yeah, this book surprised me in so many ways. First, we had the huge section of still on Earth before mm-hmm. leaving and the character interactions. And you never get to see before Superman goes on a big adventure, the telling the family goodbye right. and the uh, those conversations. There's a panel that just I loved and it was uh Jay talking to Lois and having that conversation about, you know, any advice for him leaving. And her answer is, I tend to have my own crusades, my own wrongs to right. When Clark's away, I just overwork on one of those to the point of burnout. So there's less time to fill my brain with all the horrific scenarios I can imagine he's in. As like, that speaks to me. (laughs) As a workaholic who uses work as a way to bury my anxieties. I feel you, Lois. I feel you. Yeah, why well, I do love Jay's response. That sounds healthy, Lois. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, you know, I dig this book. I really, I, I love the relationship between you know Lois and John, and uh, the the fact that John is having to wrestle with his abuser, right? You know, yeah. because uh, is his name Uberman? I always get Ultraman. Ultraman, thank you. Uh, Ultraman, you know, kept him prisoner for years and years and abused him. You know, physical abuse, emotional abuse. Uh, You know, I I, that really speaks to me that he is having to face his tormentor that he was never strong enough uh, to defeat. Well, and and this is the exact same one, too. It's not an alternate version of it. That is why it really shocked me. I expected a whole arc. Leading uh-huh. up to him beating Ultraman. Well, and, and I, I got to tell you, I was a little confused on the cover because, you know, the story just starts and it's kind of, you know, we're, we're told that this is going to be a thing. It says a final showdown with Ultraman. And I'm like, well, final? No, that was short, you know, uh, but we see why it's so short uh, in, in the pages of this book, because, uh, you know, Superman from Injustice shows up and spoilers Snaps the neck of Ultraman. Yeah. And yeah. I, I mean, wow. <laughs> well, and we we knew that this book was going into that universe. Right. But I thought it was going to take a while before it got there. Right. It was only when I saw Lois and uh, Val get tossed into the Phantom Zone mm-hmm. that I realized that's probably the universe he was in this time. Right. Because he didn't have a way to get out of the universe now. You know, that's one thing I'll give Tom Taylor. You know, we, we I mean, I give Tom Taylor a lot because Tom Taylor is, has won our writer of the year multiple years now um, on the Funny Book Awards. But he 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 can still actually write books. 
you know, one of the things that, that Tom Taylor does is he writes these Elseworlds books that have all these great surprises in them. And we're like, set that guy loose in the actual DC universe proper. And now that he is, he's writing a book that actually has surprises. Um, you know, I, I wasn't expecting Ultraman to die in the second issue. No, not at all. And no. I mean, that's a pretty clear death. It's not like, a, oh, he's coming back. No. Uh, I mean, but wouldn't it be cool if Ultraman comes back and his head's facing the wrong direction? <laughs> <laughs> well, and I love he gives the whole speech about how, uh, you know, John could never beat him because he's not willing to kill. And then we get the Superman that's willing to kill. Well, but I think it's important that, that, you know, Injustice Superman shows up to kill only after Ultraman, you know, threatens John. And he says, you know, I'm certainly taking this personally. I usually don't bother with the Loises, but I'll make an exception on your world. I'll make sure your Lois suffers. And that's when Injustice Superman shows up and just kills him. Yep. Because, you know, Injustice Superman lost his lowest to the Joker, right? And, you know, he is not going to to put up with any of that level of bullshit anymore. Yeah. I uh, <laughs> I thought it was a great scene and it was a it is a a uh, clear front runner for a holy shit moment of the year for me. Yeah. Yeah. And that last panel, the Superman oh, yeah. with that tiny tear coming down his eye as he says, you have your mother's eyes. Uh huh. That art really hits. I am looking forward to them interacting, to Jonathan seeing how far this Superman has fallen, and this Superman seeing his son and what he could have had. That's going to be incredible. I think it's important for the reader to remember that Injustice Lois was pregnant when the Joker murdered her. So, you know, it is... This is this hits really close to home for Injustice Superman. This is the son he didn't get to have. Yeah, the child that he didn't get to have. And, you know, even worse, Lois was pregnant when Superman murdered her. Yeah. Fair point. Yeah. Yeah. I'm looking forward to seeing where this storyline goes for sure. It's awfully good book. Mm -hmm. Hey, Paul. Yes, sir. What's coming out next week? Well, really not much from DC Comics. We only have the second issue of Superman Lost from uh, from Christopher Priest and Carlo Pagulian. Did anyone read Superman Lost issue one? Oh, yeah, I sure did. Yeah, I like I, it. I bought it, but I haven't read it. So I guess I need yeah. to read it before next week to yeah, decide if I'm going to read issue two. Decide if I'm going to read issue two. Uh, same. Uh, from Image Comics, we have the second issue of The Ambassadors oh, from Mark Miller. I'm very excited for that. Uh, from Marvel Comics, we have the first I- or the first issue of the new Guardians of the Galaxy comic. Um, new creative team, uh, Kev Walker on art. Mm, okay. So I'm 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 That's, I'm going to pick up that first issue because yeah. you know Kev Walker pulling me in. The the yes, writers are Jackson Lanzig and Colin Kelly, who I'm not familiar with. Same. But I do like me some some Kev Walker. Fingers crossed. I, I have been aching for a good Guardians of the Galaxy book, and boy, that has been hard to find. Yeah, and a new number one right in time for the movie. Yeah. Um, also from Marvel Comics, we have the second issue of Predator. Speaking of Kev Walker, he's not oh. the artist on this on this series, but he is, uh, and he was the artist on the previous series. So second issue of the new Predator book. You know the uh, the license quote licensed titles that Marvel's putting out these days. You know, Planet of the Apes, Predator, etc., Aliens. Uh, those are the books that I'm enjoying the most over at Marvel right now. Yeah, I would agree. You know, so. in fact, those are probably the only books I'm reading for Marvel right now. now on the regular, regular. I mean, yeah. Yeah. Um, 
Not anything else, Paul. I was yes. just going to say. Um, we, we also have uh, from IDW, we've got three books. We've got the sixth issue of Star Trek. Yes. Oh, Colin Kelly's the author on that book. Oh. That's, that's not great. Mm. Colin <laughs> Kelly, the writers of, of Star Trek, of that Star Trek book that I don't really like from uh-huh. uh, from IDW are the writers on the Guardians of the Galaxy book. Hmm. Yeah. Oops. Mm, yeah. Um, we also get the second issue of Star Trek Defiant from Christopher Cantwell. Yes. And uh, very exciting. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Usagi Yojimbo, uh, Ooh. a new miniseries from Stan Sakai. I might uh, pick that up. IDW. Because I like me some uh, Yosagi Yojimbo. Yeah. yeah. So I, I will probably pick that up as well. I might. I might. I might definitely do that. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, hey, we want to know what you thought about this week's books. What you think about next week's books? Which Star Wars stuff are you excited about? Give us a call, 682-800-3494. That number, once again, 682-800-3494. If we use your voicemail on the show, you can win a coveted, valuable ideology of madness surprise. You can also hit us up on social media, Geek on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. What a deal. Well, guys, uh, you know, I'm thinking maybe some um, deciduous December. <laughs> Is uh, maybe is maybe what we can do. What do you think? I'm, I'm I'll I'll pencil it in. <laughs> Bye, Catch guys. you guys next week. Bye. Podcast theme music graciously provided by Mark Andrew Pope. For more information, visit markandrewpope.com. Funny Books with Aaron and Polly is a production of IdeologyofMadness.com. No Spider-Man clones were harmed in the production of this podcast.